2: Any night. Here we go. Um, we're, we're sorting out. We just finished last week talking about uh, kind of how the body is organized. And um, we talked about the 5 ministries. And once you get those in place and people find their place in the body where they're called to be, wherever God arranges you or puts you to be and the body is functioning so that the Holy Spirit is circulating throughout the whole uh, of the body, then we we actually operate at a supernatural level. That's the natural level. It's natural to be supernatural when the body's operating at that level. Um, and that's when the manifestations of grace show up, which most of us at one time or another have experienced. But um, and I just kept writing and writing. I thought, Lord, are you sure you want us to like go over this stuff? But I, I think he does just because we need a, a fresh touch. We need a fresh understanding. And um, so we're going over just because. Okay, we're going to start in um, 1 Corinthians 12. most of us have spent a lot of time hanging out there.
1: Let's just start reading. Oh,
4: excuse me,
2: I got the Saint Tatinas down there yawning too. Cool. Excuse us. No naps. <laughs> no nap today. Mmm. Oh my. Start with verse four. I'm not bored. Just came right out there. Okay. There are di- <laughs> oh, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Um, there are differences of administration but the same Lord and there are diversities of operations but it's the same God that works all in all. Really important phrasing there Father, Son and Holy Spirit are listed. Verse 4 1 okay. Corinthians 12.4 okay, yeah. okay. The variety of charismata belong to the Holy Spirit there's one Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is—I I don't know how to say it—except He is the agent of grace. He is the one through whom God can demonstrate His love, and through these charismata, these manifestations of grace, um, the Holy Spirit determines who has the manifestations, when they're used. You know, He is the one that that has control of those. The second one there are different administrations but the same Lord. That word administrations means there are different ways of ministering to people. But there's one Lord and that's Jesus and he's the one that tells us where to minister, who to minister to, and when he gets us and and when he gets us to the place that he wants us, you know, however unique the situation is, then the Holy Spirit can move with the, with you know within us, demonstrating the charismata. whatever we need to minister to to whoever we're ministering to, and then the last is there are diversities of operations, meaning that you can you see them operating in a lot of different ways. There there might be one charismata but you you'll see it displayed in in several different ways, um, like word of knowledge. Some people would just get a word, you know, to be spoken, to say to somebody. Some people will get a vision, a picture of something that they need to describe to somebody. But it's still the same word of knowledge, but it just comes in different ways. But God is in control of all of it. The Father is the one that's in control of all that. And he knows the heart of the person that you're ministering to. And he knows what it is that you need to say and how you need to present what you, know, what you receive. Um, and so there's one Holy Spirit who's in charge of all the charismata. One Lord who is in charge of getting us where we need to be and where we need to listen to him and be obedient. And there is one God who understands the people on the other end and who understands us and knows exactly how all of that should flow. So you and I are, are again, nothing but, but vessels, important vessels, but just earthen vessels containing a supernatural, amazing Holy Spirit. Okay? And we need to remember that we are just vessels. Um, I have really um, you know just having studied back over this for a long time I've gotten really um, sensitive to listening to what people say on like on TV ministries and things like that. And um I get, I'm, I get uncomfortable now when I hear people say my ministry, my gifting, my, and I, I keep going, you know, I, I was there, you know, but I'm realizing no, it isn't. It's, it, everything is the Holy Spirit. I'm just a vessel. I don't have anything, you know, and even Jesus didn't. He operated as a man baptized in the Holy Spirit. Even the words he said, they're not even my words. You know, then certainly the works that I do, God does through me. Um, I don't even do the works. So if He's that kind of vessel, then we need to be that kind of vessel. And um, while you know, you still love what some of these preachers say and all that—that that terminology, um, it, you know—I don't know whether it's just the Holy Spirit making me sensitive to it, but it—it—it it, it puts a person in a position that they really aren't, you know. Um, They pick up the responsibility for a lot of things that that really doesn't belong to them. And um, so you you have to be really careful about that. Um, So, okay. Now, having said that, let's just look at these manifestations. Um, Start with verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. There's no limit there. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. The Spirit is given to every man, and therefore all the manifestations that belong to the Spirit are are there. Now, the Spirit determines who operates in in these manifestations, but they're all there. You're not given just a, a little chunk of the Holy Spirit. You know, God didn't cut the Holy Spirit up into pieces and just give everybody a little piece. When you get the Holy Spirit, you got the Holy Spirit. Period. So everything that belongs to the Holy Spirit is resident in you. Okay, but to to that point, then, when you step out in ministry, this is what the Holy Spirit does. To one would be given the Spirit, capital S, with a word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit, capital S. To another, faith by the same spirit. And to another, the gifts or the manifestations of healing by the same spirit. Over and over, it's the spirit that does it. By the spirit, by the spirit, by the spirit. And who can give those except the owner of them? Right? Right? And that word give is, you know, it's a word um, like for one is given, it's a word that means uh, grants, bestows, you know, but not gift like a present that belongs to you. Okay. To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse uh, kinds of tongues and to another interpretation of tongues. And then verse 11 is so key. But all of these work with that one and the self same spirit. Dividing to every man severally as he wills. So you, you and I just show up and whatever needs to be manifested can be manifested. Now this is what I have come to realize because I, I struggle here. Um, my deal is this. How how many of these manifestations show up in my life, you know? And I look at that list. I'm going. That's a pretty short list for me. And um, I think the problem is, is that we we need a fresh revelation of of what's available to us. Because if you don't have the revelation of it, you don't expect it. And God works by faith, by confident expectation. If you confidently expect the Holy Spirit to manifest himself in a supernatural way in your circumstances, he will. But if you are not confidently expecting it, it doesn't come. You know, you're, you're, if you're not confidently expecting the power of the Holy Spirit, who are you trusting in? In yourself, your faith is in your ability to do whatever it is that you're there to do. And I, I have come to the conclusion in myself. This is my conviction. You have to just kind of work it out yourself. Is that I have not confidently expected the manifestations to flow. Um, and and um. I think we need to take a new uh, to kind of get a new mind on that. A new thinking on it. Um, and we be and we should begin to expect the supernatural to be the natural. Um, we're real good at praying for the possible. But, you know, and believing for the possible. But God wants to do the impossible. And, um, that's what this is. This is the impossible. And that's why I think that I mean, at least for me, I have not been confidently expecting these manifestations. And a lot of that has to do with teaching I've gotten over the years, you know, and, and just like you, this is your gifting and my gifting. And I can see how an evangelist would have healing, you know, get supernatural gifts of healing showing up in their ministry. I can see that. But but Paul says you should be desiring coveting which means desiring things that don't belong to you coveting the best the most beneficial the most profitable manifestations and i i hitting myself squarely between the eyes have not done that you know i show up and what little i get i get but i have not confidently expected the full array of manifestations when i minister to people and I'm thinking, we all need to back the train up, look at these again, and then confidently expect to move in these areas supernaturally. Because we need it. I mean, everywhere we are, we need it. I'm sitting here looking at jordan and thinking, Stephen ministers you know who, who more needs to see things like word of wisdom word of knowledge these supernatural abilities showing up when you're ministering prophecy um, you know those things even healings gifts of healings and miracles because people need those miracles And um, so we need to just take another look at these so that we supernaturally um, start to expect these things to flow as a natural result of being filled with the Holy Spirit Um, I um, when you look at this there are nine manifestations and they are divided into sets of three actually. Um, Three being God's number for complete divine completeness. Nine which I really love is the fruit of the spirit. So when you have three threes nine manifestations, you're talking about a way of producing a fruit, a supernatural fruit in the spirit. Isn't that the coolest thing? Um, I never thought about these manifestations as being a way of bearing a fruit, but this is a supernatural fruit bearing. Um, because like love joy peace patience those things you and I can't gin up in ourselves you and I know it only comes from the Holy Spirit so these manifestations that come are like fruit you know that that are meant for people to uh, have available in their lives and um, so when we think about these manifestations start to think about it like fruit because a tree, you know, doesn't think about it. It just produces the fruit. And, and um, because I guess you could say the tree confidently expects to produce fruit. It just does what it does. You and I having a thinking mind have to actually confidently expect it. You know, or it won't come. It just doesn't come. And uh, we need it. So we need to think about it. All right. Now here are your divisions. There are three revelation anointings. And that's word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discernment of spirits. And those revelations um, open up um, what can't be seen, right, in the natural at all. And it can range from revealing facts, events, purposes, motives, um, it can be satanic. Revelation, you know, like there's a spirit in this room or a spirit on that person, you know, or it can be a heavenly revelation of the angels moving somewhere or whatever. But it it can also be past, present, or future depending on what is needed. But those are the revelation gifts. And sometimes they come by a word, you know. God will just put it in the back of your mind. You know, there is a spiritual presence here that you need to speak to. You know, or you know, it'll just come to you. Um, you know that this person is sick because of a spirit of infirmity, and you need to deal with the spirit of infirmity. It'll just come to you. But there are also times when you get a vision, a picture in your mind of something, which I have found in the last few years to be most common for me. Um, that that I'll just get a picture of something in my imagination. That may not make sense to me, but you know, you can you just speak what you see to the person that you're ministering to. And they understand what it is. It, it, it's usually connected with something they're doing, something that's going on in their lives. And um, then when you speak, you're prophesying what that manifestation was that you saw. And um, but it isn't anything that you could have known on your own. It's, it was an image of something that God you know, would give you. Um, so those are the revelation anointings. Then there are three power anointings. Power being dunamis. They do something. The one that has really blown my mind is faith. I thought I had this one but I, I, I did not have this one. I, I had just had my mind blown over this when we start talking about these. It's very cool. Then there's miracles and then a plurality um, the anointings of healing. There are different anointings for healing. Um, and that can come in various ways. Um and then the last three are utterance or inspirational endowments. These are ones that speak. Utterance or inspirational endowments. And they, they, they speak. N- you know, you may be speaking in all these others too, words of wisdom or knowledge, but this is like a special word from God. Okay. So you have prophecy and then you hook together the last two. Diverse tongues with interpretation of tongues. And they go together. And they can manifest different ways too. Um, Sometimes one person can speak in tongues and another person will um, interpret it. It's not translation but it's interpretation. Or Sometimes, especially when you hear spirit filled speakers, they'll speak in tongues and then give the translation. I've heard Kenneth Copeland do that, and um, you know, I've heard a lot of the preachers do that too. So, it can come in a lot of different ways depending on you know how God's ministering and what He's doing with it. Um, when I was reading this book recently, Smith Wigglesworth, um, with his sermons he was all the time stopping and speaking in tongues and then interpreting his own tongues. And that's, you know, it's written out in the, the interpretations are written in his sermons. You know, it happens a lot. And um, so things, they're all, they all do something supernatural, something you and I cannot do. But even in the list, there are diversities of ways that they operate and diverse situations in which they operate. Okay. Um, Kenneth Hagin wrote it this way and I, I like this. Paul was not writing to an individual member of the church when he was writing to the church at Corinth but he was writing to the whole church of Christ. Um, he was telling them as a church, as a group to desire these abilities, these charismata. Then if they as a group would earnestly desire these things to be manifested in their midst, the Spirit would divide to every man severally as he wills, inferring that we are not all going to have the same manifestation dispensed at the same time. You know, you're gonna have you you know, like in a I've seen it happen in our Monday night group. There'll be two or three things going on at one time in our Monday night group, like if we're ministering to somebody, somebody might be having a word of knowledge, you know, but somebody also might be having a teaching word, a word of wisdom that God wants that person to know. And I've seen it, you know, I've seen it happen when people are led to speak. I don't think we've ever defined it, but it happens. And um, we need to start defining it and paying attention to it and knowing what it is. But, um, you know, we're not all going to have the same word of knowledge because there's no point in it. But somebody will have the knowledge for this person about what's going on in their life right now. Maybe they don't even know it. Um, and then somebody might come right behind with a word of wisdom saying, now God says this is what you need to do about this circumstance. You know, and, and so you might have two or three different people ministering, all of them displaying a different um, uh, charismata at the same time. And um, so, you don't want everybody to have the same one. The Holy Spirit is going to be sure that what's needed is going to be there. Um, okay, let me go back to what he said. We might have more of a constant manifestation than others, particularly regarding a certain ministry or area of offices. So, you know, some manifestations might show up more regularly than others, depending on what you're doing, where you're ministering. So, you might see some people that are just in, you know, are always the ones with the word of knowledge. You might find someone else that's always got a prophecy, you know, to speak something forth. But, um, I mean, everything's available, but some people just flow a little bit more in one place than another. But none of us will have them all manifested at once. And this is what he says, and this is what I think is so important. We should stay in our place in the body. If you're an eye, be an eye, or a hand, be a hand, but don't try to be all things. And isn't that what happens in the church? Six people try to be all things because they're picking up the slack for everybody else. So the whole body is out of whack. We need a chiropractor. You know. <laughs> we need a chiropractor badly to pop everything back into line, put us back where we need to be. And then we need to allow the abilities of God to flow through us as He chooses. And um that's one of the big things that has made the body so impotent is, you know, there are so few of us right now that um n- You know, people call and say, you'll do this, you'll do that, because you're doing this, 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 and this. So we know you'll take care of that, and you'll pick this up. And it's really hard for us to say, no, we won't. You know, especially when we have sucker right there on your forehead. You know, it's just a little hard to say no, but people see that little sign right there, and they go, she'll do it. He'll do it. And um, we have to stay home stay where we are yeah did you want to say something about that
3: we were um, down to one of the, the um, calls they had a, a lot of people down there probably about a thousand people Wow uh, we're down there it was the uh, the one who has the college of what with it, you
2: know. oh down I, I know who you're talking about Liber- Liberty not yeah. Liberty
3: yeah Liberty okay he was he was leading the, uh, the things and uh, they came up with a uh, they had some tongues and interpretations, and stuff. Right. and uh, apparently was were not right, because he he hauled, he caught the whole thing down. Wow! He shut down, and he said, you know, and then came with the with interpretation. Wow! It was 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 totally correct. Different. Wow! But uh, but it's within the body of Christ to be even correcting? Yes. Uh, Good correcting point. Himself.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, don't don't be led by your flesh for sure. You know, thank you for saying that. And you're exactly right. It all has to be spirit led. And that's where we go in the ditch, and that's why so many people get totally turned off. You know, totally turned off. Okay. Now that we just kinda have that laid out, we're gonna back up and we're gonna talk about just the basics and we're gonna talk about tongues, which is the elephant in the room. It's always the elephant in the room. And um, So we're going to talk about it in real detail here. Um, we've experienced it, but we just need to talk about it um, because we need answers for other people. We need and I needed this for myself, honestly, I needed to go back and be reminded about how precious that is. And, um, um, so we're going to like this is that this is tongues 101. Okay, for all of us. But it's it's been a really good review. The truth is tongues are the most detested, feared, shunned of all the blessings and benefits of God's grace. You know, it has split denomination after denomination after denomination. For us, starting with John Wesley, he was an Anglican. And then he got spirit filled. And kind of like I think Kenneth Hagin always said once he got spirit filled as a Baptist preacher, he okay. said, They gave me the left foot of fellowship. So um, Wesley kind of got the left foot of fellowship from the Anglican church. And um, so the Anglicans split, and then the Methodists began their own um, denomination, if you will. I don't think, I don't know that Wesley ever wanted it to be a denomination. I think he still thought of himself just, you know, from his readings. And I might be wrong about that. I think he always kind of thought of himself as an Anglican, didn't he? Yeah. But um, but he um, he had to separate from the leadership. Because they weren't putting up with his foolishness. When he was preaching and people would fall out in the pews under the power of the Holy Spirit. That's right. And um, so he got that left foot of fellowship, and so they had to separate. Well, then you get the Methodists, okay? So now you got the big Methodist movement going. And then, son of a gun, they split into Church of God and the Methodists. Church of God continues on with the full gospel and the Methodists go we're we're done with that mess you know we're gonna like mm, we're just buckling down on this part of it but you can have that part of the gospel it split the Methodist Church that's why you know the Church of God still has almost the very same symbol that we have you know with the Holy Spirit and I think it's funny that the United Methodists kept the Holy Spirit fire you know in their um, uh, in their logo yeah. So what I have found over the years is there are always spots, hot spots in the United Methodist Church. God has always kept a little bit of Wesley on fire in the Methodist Church. But usually we're sorta of underground. You know, we're a little bit on the low side, which I'm fine with that. Um because um we're not driving people away, but we're able to minister with power, you know, in a way that Keeps the body moving whether they know it or not, and um, so we, um, you know, we just keep moving with what we what God has shown us. But this is the deal um, all these splits have taken such a toll on the body because now we have the charismatics and the Pentecostals, and they're actually different, and then you have fundamentalists and evangelicals, and they're different, and the church is just split into. Jillions of little bitty pieces. And what I see is, is in these end times, God is going to lift the bride out of all those denominations. It's going to be one pure bride. One way or another, it's going to be one pure bride. God leaves us planted here because we need light everywhere. And, um, you know, there was a time when we first came back here, I thought, get me out of this church. I cannot stay in this church. I don't even know what I'm doing here, except that it was home for us when we'd been here before. But um, God never would let us go anywhere else. I think we even tried to visit. We went up to the Fairground Church and a couple places like that, but God never would let us leave here. you know. And um, I, I came to the conclusion that he wants to plant us where we need to be. And as long as we remain the body, and I think that's one reason he's Getting us to study this now. As long as we stay the unified body, there will be power in this church. You know, there will be power in this church. And um, that's what we need in this community. And then. I believe that, you know, like through all these other movements that are starting to happen, like even Songs on the Square, when that's interdenominational, at, you know, at a grown up level. Now we've got uh, Young Life coming in, which is interdenominational for our youth. Um, I think God is knitting a, a true body together beyond the doctrines, beyond the religion, and He's pulling a body together. But it is frightening to Satan and that's why he makes this so uh, dreaded and hated is because this is the one thing that he absolutely cannot win over. There's a power here that he absolutely has no, no way of defeating. And um, so he does anything and everything he can to keep us from coming to this place of power You know, this dunamis power, just like the body that rose up um, at Pentecost. He will do anything to keep that body from going. (laughs) So he blinds people to the truth and then he hardens people's heart to the truth. He will also use a spirit of fear. um, Fear of losing control. And that's usually what it is. And whether it's your own control or whether it's control of the service or control of the church, fear of losing control. Um, then he also uses a spirit of lethargy and ignorance and indifference. People that just want to pull the blanket over their head and, you know, not listen. La, 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 I can't hear you talking. And then the other is pride of life, um, where we go, okay, that might be true, but I'm going to decide for myself whether I need that foolishness or not. And I don't. I'm just fine without it, you know. So that's the knowledge of, of good and evil. When we determine what we need and what we don't need. okay? But God had a purpose in all this and this is my deal. I think if anybody's going to teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit it ought to be somebody that's experienced it. Amen you know And what we've been taught is we have people who have not experienced it trying to tell us about something that they don't have any experientially understanding of. Well-meaning, Great people, terrific teachers. I'm thinking about Billy Graham trying to write his book on the Holy Spirit, and he just screwed it up royally. And uh, in fact, a year or so ago, I heard him say that was one thing he regretted. You know, somebody asked him about that. What is there anything that you regret aside from spending more time in prayer and uh, in meditation? Um, he he did say there were some things that I wrote that I've regretted. And I thought, mm-hmm, there it is, you know. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, I mean, it, 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 his words, people who took that book and didn't go any further, satisfied with what they read, were denied, um, you know, the power of God in their lives. So um, I, m- my deal is this, is if you haven't, um Personally, experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Don't try to tell me about it. You know, don't don't even attempt to tell me about something that you only have head knowledge of. Um, because if you if you allow that, this is what happens: you get this litany of human understanding, rationalizations, flesh-driven ideas about what it is, and um, a lot of misunderstanding and. Um, And a lot of different opinions come out of that. Some people say, you know, like if they don't believe in it at all, they say, well, it die with the apostles. Except that more than the apostles were baptized even on Pentecost. There were 120 people in the upper room. Duh. And then they went out and got 3,000 people saved and on fire for the Lord. And then before you know it, all the Corinthians, all the Ephesians, all the Samaritans, all of them baptized in the Holy Spirit. So I'm going that doesn't hold water, right? Those who do believe would say this, well if he wants me to have it he'll give it to me you know. (laughs) And um, that one really bugs me because you look at, just go to the very basics salvation. If he wanted me to have it he'd give it to me. My bottom line is he did. But the only way you can get anything out of the kingdom of God is to take it. You have to take it By faith, you have to lay hold of it. You have to take salvation, and you have to reach out and take the baptism. You have to accept it, receive it into your life. You know, by faith, everything comes by faith. But the fruit of Satan's work is a is a religious spirit, and then out of that religious spirit comes an impotent church full of fear. You know, because religion is an attempt to control. God's attitude about you. You're in control trying to do things to please God. You know and you're planning and you're organizing and you absolutely have not gotten yourself off the throne. That's what religion is. And then the Lord showed me this and and you know I know this but it just really hit me in my heart. You know he said just in my spirit he said you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free and I'm going amen Lord amen he says but I am the truth and I am love. If you know me intimately experientially know me then you are set set free from all fears. You will not fear the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You will not fear being in the presence of people who, you know, um, display the manifestations of grace. You will not have that fear when you come to know Jesus as truth and Jesus as love. And then, bottom line, when you get to the love, that's that's when it all starts to happen. Because in Ephesians three, God says, "You." Well, let's just go to Ephesians 3. Let's do that one. Because this is it. You, you need to know love. Love is God. God is love. Jesus, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is love. You need to experientially know the one who is love. Not just, not just know about a definition for, you know, or an understanding of. But you need to know the one who is love. And when you do that and you put your roots deep into him, into his heart, guess what you get back? More power, dunamis, than you can even imagine. It's beyond anything you can imagine. Um, All right, look at Ephesians 3. All of a sudden this scripture took on so much more meaning for me when the Lord said that to me And, and it isn't something I didn't know except that it's something I just didn't look at that way. He says, I am love, and I am truth. I am the truth. So it's that I am, and when you know I am, personally, intimately, as a as a unique person, as a being um, that you can experience intimately, and when you know him, perfect love, that perfect God love, cast out all fear. You can't be afraid of anything he has for you when you really know him and come to know how much he loves us. And John in his way was trying to say that. He says it isn't that we love him. It is that he loves us. And you just go amen. And it makes so much sense now. You know when you think I know I am love. God is love. And when you know that person. Now watch. Here we go. Um, Verse 17 make Christ, there it is, the anointing power of the Holy Spirit through your faith, there you have to take it by faith actually dwell, settle down, abide and make his permanent home, unique personality in your hearts the personage of the Holy Spirit, Father, Son and Holy Spirit that you may be rooted deep in love and founded securely in love and who is that? God God is love. So you could even exchange that. That you would be rooted deeply in God Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and 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 founded securely in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In the unique personage of the living God. That you may have the power to be strong, to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love, the experience of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And what is the depth and the length and the height and the breadth of who God is? How big is God? God is love. That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience that you may be filled through all your being until the fullness of God, there it is, love, the fullness of love, may have the richest measure of divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. As you know him and you begin to trust him and you come to know him experientially, your roots go deeper and deeper and deeper. And all the fear, all the anything in your life that's held back, everything is going to go. It's going to melt. It has to. <clears throat> now to him who by and in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, there it is, grace, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we could dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers desires thoughts hopes and dreams imaginations that's what the power is able to do through us when we are totally grounded and we have that experiential knowledge of God is love um and it is that love that activates our faith um Verse 21. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever. Amen. Now go to Galatians um, chapter 5 back up a couple pages Just one verse, verse 6. For if we are in Christ Jesus, that means the anointing of the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ. When we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith, faith that is activated and energized and expressed and working through love. Um, when you know the lover of our souls when you know the God who is love then um, all that fear, all that doubt everything goes and your roots go deeper and deeper and deeper and when your roots go deeper and deeper and deeper the Holy Spirit is able to man manifest himself much more easily in your life because you come to the place where you you know him so well that you confidently expect the manifestations. Um, Go to Romans 8. This really hurt my heart too and this is all tied together but it the revelation of this just got me.
1: Sandy, I have this bracketed from when we talked about this Mm -hmm. in past classes and the way it stands out to me it's the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love when we do for others and minister to others that applies to our attitude and behavior and the way we minister right if we just do without that love of God working through us then it's worthless right it doesn't really amount to what it should have been
2: exactly what God
1: intended it should be his love yeah. We should through be so our faith, rooted our in that faith in him and in his word and letting right. that express him through us.
2: That's exactly right. And that's why it's a fruit. When we get so rooted in that, it, it's a fruit. And with that fruit of love comes that faith and that you know, faithfulness and then that fruit bears fruit, which is the manifestations of grace.
1: It goes back to that to-do list that you know they—they they know that you're will, you're a willing worker. Yeah. And they want you to do all these things, but the thing is, it gets watered down in the process. Yes, it does. If you're not doing it from that position that's in this verse.
2: Yeah, exactly right, exactly right. And when you're out of, when you're out of your place in the body where you need to be, whatever it happens to be. If you're out of your place in the body, then, the, the, you know, if you just think about it, um, you know, if your finger's out of joint or your, you know, something is out of joint, the circulation is cut off. You know, there's not power going there to, to heal itself, power to do anything. Um, because, again, you're in your own flesh again. You've cut off the source of where you ought to be rooted, which is in the love of God. Where all that power is. Um, And um, so we need to um, be really sure that we totally, totally are trusting in God. Um, Just, I, I was reading in Ezekiel 47 which it's the picture of um, Ezekiel and the angel who's measuring out you know, the city, the temple, you know, measuring the walls and everything. And then in 47, they come to the gate, and at the east gate, this river is just flowing out. You know, and it starts shallow, but eventually it gets so deep that you can't swim across it. You can just, you know, you're buoyed up by it, but you can't swim across it. And I think about us (coughs) with our feet (coughs) rooted on the bank. (coughs) If your roots go deep in the bank, trusting in the world, trusting in yourself, trusting in your flesh, when when the father is standing neck deep in the water with his arms out saying jump into my river, if you're rooted on the bank, you're not going to jump because of fear. You know, we are locked up in fear. Um, You don't know him, you won't trust him. But, you know, you see little bitty kids who know their daddies and they'll jump no matter how deep the water is. They don't even think about it, they just jump right for daddy, right? I've seen it so many times happen. Like Peter getting out and walking on the water. You know, in a way, that was the same thing. He, you know, pulled his roots up out of that boat and put them on the water. At least he tried. You know, and that was awesome. And um, we need to be willing to jump. But again, you got to get rid of the fear in order to jump into his arms. You just have to let go of the fear. And and um, so when you're, you know, if you're ministering to people or talking to people, keep in mind that they need to know love. They need to know God as love, God as truth, so that they can trust him enough to jump off the ledge, you know, which is what you want them to do. Just let it go. Whatever God has for me, that's what I want. I don't care. I'm not afraid of it. I just know it's good. I know I need it, you know. Um, Smith Wigglesworth said this. Three things that you, that you need to have in place in order to experience the fullness. First of all, you have to be grounded and settled in love, which is what we said. You have to have a real knowledge of who love is, God. Second, you have to have a clear understanding of the word of God. Because every single manifestation listed in 2 Corinthians, all those manifestations are going to um, are going to be um, a clear proof, and are all backed up in the Word. If anything is done out of the Word, it's not a true manifestation. It's all going to be in the Word. So you need to have a you know love must manifest the word God must manifest his word because God and his word are one and then the last one and this is the one this is where I am this is where this study has taken me which is you know I I really it, you know I felt pretty comfortable like I knew I knew where I was with the Lord I kind of you know but but he said this you have to understand your own ground Because it's your own ground that needs to be looked after the most, and um, so I'm really coming to understand a lot about my own ground. Take care of your garden. Yes, take care of my own garden. That's exactly right. And and through this study is you know as elementary as it seems, I have come to know my own ground. You know that I I'm. My ground is not deeply plowed in a lot of ways, because i haven 't confidently expected all the manifestations and yeah, do you want to say something else?
3: a lot of years ago uh, we had a Catholic priest in the office mm-hmm. as a patient, and uh, the Lord told me to witness to him, oh my, <laughs> and I thought i said he 's a carmelite, you know all he does is pray yeah <laughs> and uh, well, anyway, he, uh, he listened very, very confidently and listened, you know, and, and uh, when he got through, he says to his son, he said, what faith are you? <laughs> and I said, Father, I said, I don't hang on, on labels. Yeah. You know, I said, I attend a Methodist church. He says, are you one of those Method, those spirit-filled Methods? Oh. <laughs> and I said, I said, a good term is that? And he says, oh, praise the Lord. And he kissed me on both cheeks. Oh, my gosh. And, And uh, I said, "Could you come and lead our our Bible study some night?" And he said, "Well, he said I'm I'm just ready to leave. He said I'm going to be lecturing priests and nuns in the Holy Spirit." Wow! And he said uh, that was going to be his his focus, you know. And I said, "I don't. We don't care when." I said, "You know." Yeah. And uh, he said, "Let me pray about it." So he called me on the phone. He said, "Uh, "I'm supposed to come." Praise God. So we, we came on a Friday night, and we had uh, 60, 60, 65 people there. Wow. And uh, we had two Methodist ministers. We had, uh, you know, all the different yeah. brands of Lutheran and so on that was there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, uh, we, we, we sat aside for a while and, and inquired, you know, of God. Mm-hmm. and finally uh, God did give me uh, give us uh, some word of wisdom mm-hmm. and things and uh, he uh, he had a, a number of things that he gave us but it was the first time we had heard of anything of uh, you know the prophets uh, the prophets, wow. you know, uh, of this but uh, he uh, we actually for the first time we, we had Movement of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in and the that, body of Christ. You wow! Know. And uh, what an occasion that, that yeah. was. You
2: yeah, you know, and that's and that is exactly the picture. Thank you for telling that story because that's what God wants. You know, the Catholics and Lutherans and Methodists and mm. you know, and when you come together with one mind and one speech and one heart, Expect- expecting, yeah. look what happens. yeah So I think there's hope for us, you know. (laughs) I think there's actually hope here. That's awesome. Elaborate a little bit on tending to your own ground. Okay. Um, uh, Like for me, you know, when we were talking about, um, I get pretty comfortable with my own ground. You know, and I think, okay, I got this, I got this. Just like my son used to say, Mom, Mom, I got it. And I'm going, no, you don't got it. But you think you got it, but you don't got it. And, I, and God says that to me a lot. No, you don't got it like you think you do. But it, it was like the shock that I had when um, I realized that I had not been expecting, confidently expecting the manifestations of the Holy Spirit to be present. Some were, but I had not confidently expected, nor had I truly been coveting uh, the presence of those gifts. I, I thought I knew my ground, but the Lord showed me very clearly that I did not know my own ground there, that I needed to change some things, I needed to change my heart about some things. I needed to uh, you know get my heart open and get hungry for the supernatural, get you know really get bold, get out of my get out of my comfort zone and and that to me was a, a coming to know my own ground better you know that I I just hadn't gone there you know I wonder why gee I don't know why things aren't really super supernatural for me but um, there it was you know so I, I, I've come to know my own ground better even you know even in this study which to me was basic you know and, and the funny thing is I was just going to like breeze through this part and um I was way back talking about you know I was back into Romans I mean 1 Corinthians 12 again and the Lord said you're not done here you know in my mind all of a sudden he's just throwing things in my mind to come back and write down well I began to write it down and then I had to go back and put more pages in the <laughs> you know, in here, because he's not through with us. He
1: finds more yeah, you to look at well, look at this. yes, look
2: at that. that's it, and this and exactly, and I'm going, "Whoa, holy cow, who knew?" And all of a sudden, I'm realizing that I didn't know my own ground as well as I thought I did. Does that make sense to you
1: mm-hmm. at all? I, I think so. I needed you to go over that again.
2: Yeah. Know. Well, you know, you you just need to tend to your own ground. Where are you, you know, in comparison to Acts? Mm-hmm. You know, we're not any different than Stephen and Philip, and yet look where they were and look where we are. That really hurt my heart too. I'm going. What's wrong with my ground? You know, I'm not plowed up enough. My roots aren't deep enough. I I you know. I have not done those simple things like earnestly covet
4: mm-hmm.
2: you know and I haven't confidently expected you know those things to come and um, that's huge you know there's a hard attitude there's a faith issue it's a faith issue well, and uh, you
1: watch said Roth yeah and you know he says that the church should expect the supernatural yeah. to be your everyday natural that's right we should be functioning in that spirit that's reality. exactly
2: right which is where the, the first church was look at yeah I mean seriously Philip and Stephen little table waiters I mean I'm not pointing to Paul and Peter and John although heaven knows you know they raised the man at the gate called beautiful people were put in their shadow and they got healed Paul's was sending out napkins that had touched his body and they They were laying napkins on other people and they were being healed. But they didn't go, whoa, look at that, can you believe they expected it. They expected it. And my ground has not been that fertile, you know? And um, so I've had to go back and, and assess my own ground as I've been through this again. You know, going back to look at acts and and where I am lining up to those little table waiters you know and um, so I know my ground needs to be plowed up I need to seek more I need to press in more I need to you know I need to push my roots deeper I need to you know and that's ground that I'm gonna have to cover you know it's ground that I'm gonna have to work through um, because I just didn't know my own ground as well as I thought I did you know yeah and um, um, it's just easy to to slide into some kind of a comfort zone and um, it's very humbling when all of a sudden you um, realize oh my gosh those simple things that Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12 and I've missed them all that time. I've missed that you know and in Romans 8 that confident expectation uh, in Romans 8 if you want to go there we'll just talk about it for a second um, they translate the word hope here, uh, and it should be actually confident expectation. So wherever I have the word hope, I'm going to say confident expectation. Okay. Um, start with verse 22. In verse 19, it's it's still talking about you know the earnest expectation of the creature. Uh, go up and read that verse and underline it. Romans 8, verse 19. Underline this in your Bible. This one hit me too really, really hard. Romans 8, Uh verse 19. Okay. The earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation. Okay, you don't have to put sons of God. But you could even leave out the creature and and just look at that the earnest expectation waits for the manifestation did
1: you say creature
2: my bible says, says creature create, my, creation. creation yeah but just take creation out of that and look at that phrase the earnest expectation waits for the manifestation okay earnest expectation always waits for the manifestation. Where and that one ugh, that one blew my mind. Paul goes on to talk about it, but you think about this, okay? If you're not earnestly expecting, earnestly expecting the manifestations of the Holy Spirit when you minister, then you are not going to wait with confident expectation for him to come. You will not be patient. You will move through and operate in your own strength and your own power without, without the added supernatural that could be there. Um, but if you have the confident expectation that something's coming, you will wait for it with patience. You will never give up. You will not get discouraged. You will wait on it. Um, My easiest example was like the one time that I ordered something off QVC. Okay. Yeah, one time. It was a scary deal for me. And even at that, it was just pointless. I ordered an exercise tape, okay? So you you can understand. But I called them and I ordered the tape. Well, after I paid for it with my charge card, I hung up the phone and all of a sudden I'm saying, my exercise tape. When my exercise tape comes, then I'm really going gonna, gonna to lose weight. I'm going to get on this thing. I'm going to do this. Because my tape is coming. Every day, I waited patiently. I went to the mailbox. Never doubted that it would show up. But I was willing to wait. And I went every day, every day, knowing confidently that it was going to come. I never doubted. And I never gave up looking for it. I just said, it'll be here. Because I I didn't worry about whether it was the will of QVC to send me that thing, you know. I knew it was coming, but I, I had to wait on it. You know, I didn't give up um, until I got the tape, and then I gave up. <laughs> That's another story entirely, but um, you know, it was mine from the minute that I confidently expected it. I hadn't seen it, but I confidently expected it to come, okay? So when I, when I think of that and I translate that, the idea that I confidently expected it kept me from being impatient and moving on in my own strength. It kept me waiting on that video until it came. You know, I didn't jump ahead. I didn't go on to something else. I didn't order something else. I didn't give up. I just went every day constantly expecting it to come. And I was willing to wait on it. See, and I, I know that I have not been, uh, I mean, you know, I'll pray for, Lord, I, you know, I want more manifestations. But just to confidently expect it and to wait on it and look for it every day, I have not, my ground has not done that. Um, and um, so this has been a real uh, eye-opening bit of scripture for me. Um, It's something we've read a thousand times and then it goes right into praying in the Holy Spirit. This one does. Um, Start with um, verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groans, travailing in pain together and now, until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our bodies. And in that the truth? Get up every day going, okay, get up here. Can't wait for my new body. For we are saved by, and they put hope in my Bible, but confident expectation. You are saved by faith, which is confident expectation. That's what we're saved by. But confident expectation that is seen is not confident expectation. For what a man sees, what does he yet expect, right? But if we confidently expect what we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. We will keep seeking, we'll keep knocking, we'll keep asking, we'll keep pressing in, we keep feeding, we keep working on our thought process. You never give it up because you confidently expect that God is going to produce in you that supernatural flow of his spirit. But you know what? I've just gone, oh, okay, I've got to pray for this person to be healed. You know, get it over with and move on. Rather than confidently expecting those manifestations. And, and it's huge because then it just goes right on into the, you know, uh, for the next thing. Likewise, the spirit um, also helps our infirmities. The word infirmities there is the word asthenia which means the inability to get things done. Uh, the inability to produce something, the inability to get things done. That's what infirmities means. So, when you and I um, are not able to get things done in our own, and we don't even know what we ought to pray for as we ought, the Spirit Himself will make intercession with groanings which cannot be uttered. Okay? And He that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And that leads us right back into your prayer language and really pressing in and really digging deep and really um, growing up in it. And um, I thought I was grown up in it, but I'm learning that I'm not grown up in it. You know, I I have not known my ground in a lot of these areas. Um, in while, it, you know, it kind of hurts your feelings a little bit, it has also been exciting to me.
1: He's taking you, know. you from glory to glory.
2: That's right, and that's where he's taking all of us.
1: Okay, because when you start talking about this, it can start to drive you crazy after a while. Right. Because <laughs> that's where the, I've had my first, the first time I've had my guardian angel appear to me, I was eight years old. Right. That's the first time. Mm-hmm. And I've had, other things happen spiritual experiences in mm-hmm. the supernatural through the years and the more that i learned about this and Why? classes like this that i got better understanding and you start then you get into that checklist yeah well i've had this i've had that which you started off this conversation that's it had this done that, done that. but then you hear these other people and their experiences, especially right. like when Sid Roth. Yeah, this man's had six-hour conversations with the angel sitting next to him. It's like, right. Well, I never had that. No,
2: you know? exactly. And then you
1: start comparing yourself to other people's experiences. Mm-hmm. Okay, you've seen this miracle. You know, you've laid hands for healing on that. Mm-hmm. That was successful. But then you see these other people. It's like whoa, like that. Yes. Like been
2: yeah. and, yeah. and, and so it's like, where am I missing it? Where right. am I not coveting it enough? Yeah, and that's exactly where I think we are. I think, you know, that God, it, like in, um, um, in a, in in First Corinthians, I think chapter two, you know, Paul says we speak in mysteries. We don't, you know, we we're not speaking in our own abilities, you know, and it comes from the mind of Christ. And um, when we, um, you know, when we pick up more of the mind of Christ, when when we are renewing our minds, you know, even in Ephesians it says renewing your mind, your heart. Um, when we're renewing our thinking, and you're right, it moves us from glory to glory to glory because we begin to open up a little more he can and a little give more.
1: It all at once. Right? He has to yeah. ensure us That's through it. a process yeah. to trust us with that right. kind of a responsibility. Yeah. And you go, "Oh, I didn't and know." I know right. all the experiences you've had, yeah. and I don't see you as being, you know, at a low level in any. Mm-hmm. Of this. But I I'm am. hearing yeah. you say, "Well, you have, you're looking at this and you're disappointed." I don't think you should be disappointed. Yeah. But
2: you know, when I look at myself next to Philip, I'm going. Pfft. I mean, you know, maybe I'll just go to waiting tables. Maybe that's but not the But He was full of the Holy Spirit all the time, and you know, and um, I just know that we need to work on that ground. You know, we just need to work on that ground.
0: Um, was Philip not in an environment where those he was waiting on? <coughs> okay. Had confident yeah. Expectations. Yes. Point.
2: Had confident expectations, and that's he, he, true too. He
1: gives it to you as yeah. he sees that it's needed. Exactly right. So maybe we don't always get these things like we think we should because good. Right.
2: That's not God's plan. Right. And I just don't want to hold out. You know what I mean? I don't want to be the one that stops them. I, I don't want to be the one to slow the flow. It's you know kind of where I am with that. Um, Smith Wheelsworth said this. Divine life is full of divine appointments and equipping and you can't be filled with the power of God without a manifestation. Hmm, You can't be filled with the power of God without a manifestation. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is to be filled with the manifestations, with the charismata, the glory of the Lord being in the midst, manifesting his divine power. It's impossible for us to subdue kingdoms Impossible for the greater works to be done. Impossible for the Son of God to be making sons on earth except we stand exactly in his place. And um, then when you look at First John, as he is, so we must
4: be. It, it
2: is, you know, to me, I had to put in must. So we must be. Um, as he is, so we must be. So we have to desire the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, and all of His presence. You know, we have to desire that intimate relationship with Him, and when we start to put our, you know, our roots really deep in that, that's when, um, that's when we begin to draw up. But you know, desiring is that picture of your roots going deeper and deeper and deeper. You know, drawing up more and more, and
1: that's a process. It is a process, and it takes an effort on it does. And that's it. You have to make an effort. It
2: takes effort. It takes effort, and that's what just you know, because um, to earnestly expect to to desire to press into those things, you have to you have to do something. You can't just say, "Gee, I earnestly expect that, Lord." You know, you have to really stir up that gift in you. You have to keep yourself on fire. You have to, you know, you really do. Um,
4: Can I just say something? Yeah, big, tagging on to what Bill said about being in the environment. Why? I think where we find ourselves. What I think it's just as important to pray that God put us in the place where his ministry will be received yeah um, I was thinking about the you know Christ sending the disciples out and he said um, if any place will not welcome you or listen to you leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them and I think sometimes we stay someplace as <laughs> I have experienced this as a commitment to people, mm-hmm. a commitment to a program or whatever. And basically we get bogged down because it's never going to be received at that. But we're pushing, yeah, pushing, and, and we're wanting to do it. But it's just not the right not place.
2: Mm-hmm. And good point.
4: So and right after the, after he says this, mm-hmm. right after he says this, he says, they went out and preached the, that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Right after he says, you know...
1: Get up and move.
4: Yes, and if you're if you're <coughs> someplace where somebody isn't receiving it, go someplace else. Mm-hmm. Go where they will receive it.
2: Good point. So, you
4: know, how... I just know that... <clears throat> in churches, and I I, I, wanted, to yep, in churches. I, I wanted to be <coughs> careful of this when I <coughs> came here. And it is so hard when somebody says, you were talking about, oh, you'll do it. We know you'll do it. Yes. Because you have the skill to do right. it. And because you're committed to those people and you respect those people, And you find yourself saying yes, and you you get into ministry areas where Mm -hmm. there is no place. There's no reception of the supernatural. But here you are stuck in it because you responded to the natural. Yeah. And you're stuck in it, and it's very hard to back off and say, I should never have gone into that Mm -hmm. particular, that, that wasn't. You
2: know, where he should have been. Yeah.
4: I still have the same abilities to be saying, God, you know, please let it be manifested through me. I desire it to be manifested, mm-hmm. and He's not going to throw His pearls before swine. Yep. He He's not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So you can pray and pray and pray, and if you're not in the right place for the ears to hear and the hearts to receive.
2: Not gonna happen. Yeah, it happened in Jesus' own I'm
4: talking about ground and I'm thinking it's not mm-hmm. just the ground that we're planted in, but it's the ground we stand on. And mm-hmm. are we standing
2: in good on, ground.
4: In good ground. Are we standing where he wants us? Yeah. Where it's it's rich and fertile and you know, where the seed is going to be received, or right. is it ground that's gonna be rocky and weedy and you know. Mm-hmm. Careful where you put yourself when you're desiring this ministry.
2: Good thinking. Good good point. Yeah. It's true.
0: You're exactly right about that. I thought. <clears throat> From Genesis to Jesus, how many years was that? 4,000 4, years. It was 4,000 years God was preparing the soil, the ground for Jesus. Wow. And where did Jesus show up? He showed up in the people of God the Jews. They recognized him not, but he was able to work miracles in the people of God. His message of repentance was accepted by the people of God who had the teaching of 4,000 years. He didn't go to the Gentiles. Mm. He went to those that were prepared Prepared, to receive, them to receive him. Not all did. Some <coughs> some hung on to religion, mm-hmm. uh, and all. But God prepared the the ground, His people, mm-hmm. uh, to, over, receive that. to receive to uh, receive Jesus. And uh, it took the priests a goodly period of time afterwards uh, to get him to get on board and become. Mm-hmm. Obedient to the faith, but as you see in Acts, there. Yeah, that's, that's a good it, point. Uh, well, God prepares that soil for where yeah. the ministry is going to be.
2: And then, into that same point, you know, I, I can still hear Paul's voice going, Well, it good to the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in me that we go there.
4: Exactly. Or the
2: Holy Spirit says, I'm not supposed to go over here, so I'm not coming, although I'd really like to. And um, I think you're right. There's a lot in that. We get
4: off track because we think, okay, sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'll come. I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's of timing. Timing too. And you take it to a place
1: for a while and
2: then it's time being
1: moved.
2: Mm -hmm. That's true too. Um, And I think you're right. We just have to stay pressed in to the Holy Spirit and just really hear him out.
3: You know, really you need that feeling.
2: Yes. <coughs> yeah.
3: I, I actually received the Holy Spirit in a bar. <laughs> it was over a thousand, about a thousand people there. Wow. And it was in uh, the thing at, at what was it? I'm trying to think of the name of the town. But anyway, they we took buses there. Oh, wow. And uh, there was there was about a thousand people uh, told there and uh, the, the guy that was supposed to speak that evening was uh, 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 he was uh, he had been a drunk uh, 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 editor you know and all this right he had all those problems and I thought what in the world am I doing here you know <laughs> well anyway he didn't make it you know, oh? and so the, the guy that, that t- talked was a surgeon Wow. From, uh, from Pittsburgh uh, came in and uh, they did a lot of talk about the Holy Spirit, you know, and everything and I went over into a, a bar area that they had there and uh, that's where they they laid down hands and prayed for me. Wow. And uh, we uh, the, actually came into the experience of the Holy Spirit there. You know. Isn't that funny? <laughs> it's kind of unusual. Yes you know. it
2: is! That's you know, a very well, unusual piece of ground, isn't it?
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it really but uh, but the thing is, the the time and the place is is unique. For the thing, and yeah. you have to be open to that. You do. In fact, you do. Know, the fact that, uh, uh, you do. Where, where the where and when that happened, you know,
2: yeah. And I, I you know and I just think uh i mean for me i'm just speaking about me but you know you get into the mundane you get into the everyday, and you go to monday night prayer group and then you go to wednesday night jail and then you do you know you just you have your little routine and you get into those things and um you lose sight of the ground of my own ground and of the ground where i'm going and um you know uh even praying ahead you you know a lot a lot of praying ahead um and um, so I have just I have found this really profound just going back and looking because I, I suddenly uh, that Ephesians 3 passage just took on so much because when it talks about knowing the depth and the width and the height you're you're learning experientially how big God is God is love. And and when you experientially know how big God is, how much easier is it to confidently expect, you know, to live a, the natural life of the supernatural. You know, um, it, and um, so for me, this this has been really profound. It's it's like splitting hairs, but it's huge. You know, sometimes splitting hairs is just a big deal. And for me, it has been. You know, it might not be for you. You, you, you know, you're probably comfortable, and that's good. But I just, boy, he has made me really uncomfortable. And um, so, but praise God for it. You know, um, I've always prayed that I, I would never get comfortable. I, I, one of the first times I ever ministered um, anywhere, I was at a. Um, What did you, Ron? What do you call it when you know when you would go out to other churches and minister? Oh, I can't even think of the name of that ministry. It's still around, but um,
3: evangelists.
2: Yeah, yeah, but it it's like groups of people from one church go and and just preach. Yes, lay witness mission. Goodness, I couldn't have said that for anything. Yeah, thank you very much. I don't know, I brain pinched. I went on one. So. Yeah, and um, that was really the first time I had ever just ministered in public, you know. And I was just a really young baby on fire from Holy Spirit. Ron and Betty got me all wound up and sent me back to Alabama. And um, I, I went and I was sharing with these women about, you know, how on fire we ought to be for God. And this little lady took me aside patted me on the hand you know she said honey you're gonna come to a place you're "You're just young but she said you your relationship with Jesus will be like being in an easy chair you know just like a barca lounger and you'll just settle down in that chair and get comfortable with Jesus and it scared me. I had the
4: same kind of pronouncement you know? as You
2: know? Oh, it scared I had me. The same I kind of I was so shaken by this lady. She's such a sweetheart and I, I loved her. Just loved her, but you know, it was that thought. So I've always prayed that Lord don't ever let me get comfortable. I don't ever want to be I never want to sit in the bar the lounge. Or don't let me do that. But um you know, so every time I get into one of these studies where I think I got this, it's like the Lord just goes, Pow, you don't got it. You gotta, you know, every little thing is important. There's nothing, nothing that's an accident with God. You know, and he just speaks to you where you need to be spoken to. So, and all I'm doing is telling you what he nailed me on. So, yeah, that's the way that goes.
1: Yeah. It seems like I've always lived in the spiritual realm. I didn't have the. The Bible knowledge, yeah. And I would tell people, well, I have a sixth sense, and, and you know, I, I, you know, I function in a different dimension. <laughs> and then, you know, then when I started to understand where you are, what the word says about yeah. and I'm like a sponge soaking it up. Yeah. But sometimes. Being ignorant takes all the boundaries off of you. Know?
2: Yeah, it like, does, does.
1: Like, I just assume that, yeah, we should be walking in the supernatural right. all the time. Yeah, I and we should. Said, yeah, that's where we should be. It's like, mm-hmm. no fear on that.
3: That's it, know? which is awesome.
1: So, you know, yeah. the, the ignorance works.
3: Yeah, it does. Sometimes it helps to be a little on the dumb side. Yeah.
2: <laughs> With the Lucky Land you can get lucky just about anywhere.